welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Mike. You're Tara. Hello. It is just us two today. The fearless leader could not be here with us, so... We are going to cover a classic noise tape today, as it's been so many interviews this year, and we haven't done a ton of release episodes, and we thought Government Alpha Erratic from 1996 on Xerxes would be a great tape to cover. It... It is indeed, and I, I would say this is a great summer noise tape. It's it's harsh, has a lot of movement, shows a lot of texture. It's, it's just a wonderful release. It's incredible, and we're going to dig into it shortly. But Tara, what have we been listening to? What? Well, okay, today it is really difficult to turn my head because I have what the kids call a bangover, and that's no, I thought I think we invented that term. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, I could have sworn we. And did. it's uh, you know, uh, why do because... we? Why do we have sore necks from headbanging, Tara? Because we saw Danzig last night. We totally saw Danzig last night. No, it was fantastic. Yeah, performed all of Lucifer and then did. Six, five or six songs. It was six songs. I always say Lucifuge. Ah, you know. Is that how it, <laughs> ah, you know. Look, hey, we ah, all know it. who the we all know who the worst pronouncer of all time uh, is. The so enunciation expert would be you, Mike. Never that is you. to me. <laughs> but it was exciting. Honestly, it was that was an album that was played on repeat in my disc man back in <sighs> junior high and high school. So even right when he started. Long way back from hell it was just man. It just, I was just taken right back. And it's so crazy how you can hear any song on the album, and immediately you can only the cover art. It's so yeah. iconic. Like yeah. the, looking at those liner notes, the even the the portrait faces coming out of the blackness. Perfect. Oh my god, it's it was so good. It's per- so good. Absolutely perfect. I can't believe I still have a voice today. Yeah, no, it was a great show. We saw Tiger Army as well, mm, yes. as well as Cradle of Filth. Tiger Army was fantastic. They were and always surprisingly violent here in Los Angeles. The, Their shows, it, the, the most... pit was the pit was way crazier, or at least more frantic for Tiger Army always. than Danzig. But again, like you said, it is a it's a slower. I mean, people, yeah. they were doing pits for Blood and Tears. It was just a very, it was like a slow dance pit. <laughs> it we were like we were a middle school slow dance. It was yeah. so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but even during Tiger Army, like, people were taking their tops off. Like, it, it was, was. It got pretty wild. And, and the, the elbows and fists being thrown out. Wild. It got pretty wild. So no, we, <laughs> so our recent listening, music recent listening. So we knew we had to just go full harsh for the episode. Yes, hundred percent. You know, we've been we you know go, have gone to see that show last night and felt you know we need to really kick it up a notch with some pure harsh noise. It's been a while since we've covered some pure harsh noise. We've had some power electronics, a lot of great interviews, but it's time to go back to some mid-90s Japanese harsh noise with government alpha. Yeah, when you're suffering, 
and your neck is stiff and it pops every time you turn one direction. You know what makes it feel better? What's that? A little bit of harsh noise. A little bit of harsh noise. How about a lot bit of harsh oh noise? Oh, my God. A, a giant blast of harsh noise. Now, we have done an episode, a regular episode on Government Alpha. We've done a few seven-inch episodes featuring Government Alpha as well. And we covered the ground fault CD, Sporadic Spectra. And we did reference an interview from Dots Mark. And we will be also referencing that same interview in this episode. So we may there may be some repeats of quotes from the interview. Apologies for that. But it's always nice to have everything on one episode, maybe in case you missed that episode. Yeah, you got to reinforce the things you hear, you know. How many times... We all have to remind do, ourselves. I will read, especially music books and mm -hmm. interviews... I can read those multiple times. I can pull out Liner notes once to a Danzig year. Too, lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and remind myself of things or oh man, I forgot that part of that interview. Yeah. Or or you remember things differently and then when you read mm -hmm. it, right? So so you know, apologies if we repeat ourselves quoting some of this interview, but hey, I think it's worth it because man, Xerxes Government Alpha's label, I've always loved the aesthetic of this. And this tape, just everything about it, looks-wise, is perfect Right in, 90s Right noise. in the pocket for the type of thing that we appreciate. And the Project Government Alpha is Yasutoshi Yoshida, or Yoshida Yasutoshi, however, you know, you choose to do that order. And he started doing cover art and other art just to make album covers. So we, we were listening to an interview with Joe Glanz and Government Alpha. And when he was asked what his art meant to him and why he created art, he said, art is covers. Art is only for covers. Right. And so he's been commissioned by many other people to do design work. And his collage work is epic. His drawings are really interesting and so unique and it's it's no different on the cover of this album in particular well yeah and i think his skeletal drawings are my personal favorite mm -hmm. of his art yeah and if you if you just you know quickly glance uh at the cover of this cassette it's it's black paper black matte paper with That's gold so nice. ink and it does look like botanical drawings but if you really really look closely you notice that the botany is it they aren't leaves and stems they're actually bones and you can see some cans and other you know strange things embedded in there there's that um brimstone symbol that is generally associated you know with satanic things but i like that symbol mike and everybody else because you know what brimstone is Tell brimstone so. at at the edge of a volcano um the edge of the lava that yellow ring is brimstone, it's sulfur. So when you get those lovely colors, like Susie's photos, that's that's brimstone, and that's this symbol, and that's usually, you know, in, in that hemisphere, that's generally what is associated with that symbol. I'll be honest, I have never known what that word was. I mean, obviously, you know the term fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. Sulfur. Didn't it's yellow, realize I love it. that's what that was. Yes. So you see that symbol kind of Im embedded in the top of these botanical drawings and maybe they're upside down and maybe they're going the correct way. And is is the middle thing a figure or is it is it a, a 
person enshrouded and, and in cloaks or is it a flower that's been dissected? You just can't tell. But they're they're really great. They take on different proportions when you look at them closely. They keep unfolding. They really do. We are looking at the actual tape cover, but Tara's took a picture and is blowing it up I, so that you we know, can I actually had to do look that at thing. it. Yeah. You know, it's actually it is really cool. Yeah. No, they're they're really phenomenal when you can see the detail larger. So I, I took a really close up picture and, and tried to enlarge it so I could really get that detail. And that's one of the things I like about Yoshida Yasutoshi's art is the detail. Because yes. truly, even when you look at the Xerxes label that's on the cassette, at first you think it's it's something that's been Xerox to oblivion and stretched, but then you look closer and it's people standing in line. And it'll be, you know, Sometimes Xerxes is backwards. Sometimes Xerxes is forward. Is that what you He's think doing the copyright? that is? I've never even thought to to think that that, that, that was stretch anything part? other than just Yeah, abstract. see their shoes? It's people standing in line. I and the white part is their can, arms. I can definitely see that. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't know if I would have ever thought that. And, and it looks so great because it's the cutout paper pasted onto the tape with Errata government alpha mm-hmm. pasted onto the bottom. We'll have a his picture drawing of this detail. In the like showcase. truly, when when you start to dig in and look, if you have the ability to zoom, th- the details are so minute. Like rarely is it just a line used for the sole purpose of making a linear line. Like it's connected some larger figurative thing or forms a larger pattern. Uh, but I, I I just think it's fascinating and it's and it's so cool that his impetus to make art was just as as design work for his sound absolutely and this is just it's a perfect noise tape sound wise and package wise that great cover the silver the little insert with the track info oh, and the yeah. contact and yeah. recording info and then the pasted on label on a green tape i mean absolute perfection yeah the, it's it's really well done it's very effective in what he's doing catches your eye you immediately want to grab it pick it up flip it over stare at it for a really long time and just because i love it so much i can't help myself xerxes so when i hear xerxes i I was very excited even the first time i heard of this label because it's one of the the great persian kings there was xerxes one there was xerxes two uh, during the Greco-Persian Wars, Xerxes was around. Um, then after Xerxes won, there was Darius, all the, all the famous guys. All my favorite Greek battles, like the Battle of Salamis and the amazing push and pull of these two empires are encapsulated in just one word, and that would be Xerxes. And so I, I think of all of those things, uh, and I get really excited. And I think that's what drew me to the first Xerxes release is is just seeing that. Yes, and this, in a lot of ways, is ground zero for Government Alpha. He even stated in this interview, the cassette erratic released on Xerxes in 1996 is a turning point in that it defined the style of Government Alpha. Before that, I was tied to this negative image of noise and felt like I was going around in circles. But all of a sudden, I broke through and decided to have my own way with making sounds. And I feel I succeeded in recording with that spirit. Also, 
I thought that the sound texture and pressure that I had been experimenting with until then matured from that release on. So in a lot of ways, he sees this as the release that propelled the rest of his work. And you know, if we're doing a Japanese cassette from 1996, I'm going to look for it on the MSBR website Correct. and see how Koji Tano described it. And he says, extremely harsh noise and cut up insanity. Highly recommended. Which is right. interesting to note is that there are no other tra- like releases on this page from this era that he wrote highly recommended. Recommended, great, but highly, highly rec- recommended. The highest recommendations. And I also like on that page, he refers to Government Alpha a lot of times as power electronics harsh noise. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to me when that term is used because i always associate it with obviously white house that that style power electronics but when yeah like searing tones vocals but when it's put in with noise there it's just an interesting framework but the first track link is a perfect summation of what would maybe be considered power electronics harsh noise because it starts with that high tone insanity this album just starts off with abuse this is prickly high-pitched oscillators the low end is so buried it's incredibly harsh but you get these textures and and truly if his goal was to make interesting textures sound textures pressure i love that pressure on the brain goal achieved because this is absolutely ear splitting it it in its fitzing out at points especially near the end it's only you know a three minute and 46 second track but even near the end it just feels like it's gonna break down your entire stereo yeah, it's it is a wild gateway into this tape. And the tension is just rising and rising and rising. But you're rewarded by sitting through that tension, by dealing with that searing pain. Because liquefaction comes in and just pulls out the crunch and crumble and now we are in. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it's like a shows when somebody plays and they're just so amazing you know sometimes afterwards you just have to do a reset you have to bring it down and I think the method in erratic was just brutalize everybody and just prepare you for what's about to come because liquefaction it, it's like one of my favorite tracks ever it's it is so great it is so good the it has this squealing screaming absolutely satisfying electronic sound that I, I can't explain why it's so satisfying you just have to hear it it's the sound that that you want it is i like that you called it satisfying it feels satisfying the black hole opens up sucks you in and turns you into liquid and that's all you want he said in the interview that he wanted to create extreme noise that had more intensity and destructive power than any other band. And this track, he's getting <laughs> yes. right up there because it truly is destructive, pure, harsh noise. This track, it's transportative. 
it's gives you this sense of momentum at times you think everything's just gonna lift off like the stereo is going to lift off of the table you get this interstellar space war feel but the rumble crumble that comes in on the end it's it's wild it's so chaotic it's it's ripping out through the time-space continuum, and then it blasts off again. I just, I truly, truly love the sounds and textures that he achieves, and it does that thing that Contagious Orgasm does it too, that really harsh noise just takes you on this journey through your imagination and somehow just kind of purges your need to be in this world and you feel free to roam about the cosmos. Absolutely. And that's something he said he wanted to do. He wants to create these worlds. And what's great about this tape in particular is the order of the tracks and how they all interact with the one before it and the one after it, Mm -hmm. because with link, it's this buildup of tension, this searing, high tone, painful electronics, then you are rewarded with this crunch and crumble, but there's still plenty of high tone insanity that's gonna go, you're gonna get that a lot throughout this tape. After liquefaction, we get into some unsettling territory with irregular (laughs) contact. Would you say it's unsettling? Yeah, it's it's absolutely brutal. It's so harsh, but in a completely yes, different way. Yes. It's that it's the it's that style of harsh minimalism. I was for me, it was uncomfortable because oh, this track, you you have these new open sounds that start some sort of trash in the room, and it feels like a room recording. But it also feels like there's onlookers. Are we in a street? Are we in a store? Well, it doesn't feel onlookers at a show. It feels someone's looking in your window. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a peepee, a peeping track. It feels like a peeping Tom. Well, and immediately we have a dog. You say, I, was that a dog? Oh, see, I thought it was some birds. I didn't get a dog. Oh, I I was laughing because immediately I was like, okay, this is a dog, and yes, I, I know the bird sound because you know, there's a, there is a, a bird battle in this household. Uh, I enjoy birds and the sounds they make, but occasionally I, I don't use the best judgment on when I need enjoy the sounds that birds make, and I occasionally might choose really late at night to listen to Oh, we've got, we've got, we've gone over that. Calls. We've gone over this. So yes, it definitely has that quality. But I, I truly, truly think that this is sampled sounds of a whining dog that is played. Wow. To create discomfort, like the only thing I could hear was a a canine whining sound that was put in at different spacing. Well, it really works. And it's so uncom- it's it's just like when you hear the sound of a crying baby, a whining dog. It's so brutal. It's so unsettling. You it, it just the sound of of the whining is 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 horrible. But the only real harsh noise that is on this track are these short cut-in bursts that happen mm-hmm. infrequently because 
sonically, this is open and strange, but no less uncomfortable, unsettling. But those little bursts of harsh noise that come in let you know we're still in government alpha erratic. Yes, and it's so amazing to hear knowing that government alpha just basically used a four track at this point in time yes and he's i think for the longest time and maybe Mm -hmm. even still he said the four track is one of the absolute keys to government alpha and he Mm -hmm. said a lot of people think of him as more hi-fi but really it's it's four track and he finds that that still is the most effective way to record government alpha. Yeah. And there truly aren't a ton of layers at most, I would say three in any of these tracks, but what he does with them is, is so interesting, interesting and and truly, as he says, very textural, but in a way that manipulates you in a way that manipulates your emotions in terms of being uncomfortable. If you think it's a whining dog or a, a, a horrible bird sound or something going faster, something going slower, like playing with speed. And, and especially in this, the cassette manipulation was really apparent. Yeah, and I just really got this voyeuristic feel from this whole track, and I think that's what made it that much more uncomfortable. I felt someone was watching. I felt we were being watched. Isn't it so crazy? Like I, I only could hear a whining dog, and it's so interesting to me that you did not hear that. It's just like when one of us hears Always. vocals and then the other one's like, what vocals? What are you talking about? It's it's wild, the uh, oral hallucinations that, that we can have Absolutely. while going but to that's this. What, that's what this does. Then we move on. Philosophically. Some more high tone insanity. And, and the longest track on side A, but... And, I enjoy that, and it's absolutely appropriate because he gets that beautiful, like, wind-sand texture in this and just lets it ride. And and I think that that is so effective when you achieve that really, really good, satisfying sound. Just, just let it go. Let it keep going. Don't stop it. Well, he says, My only desire is to create a sound that is purely intense. I'm rather more concerned with the sound's texture than with its pressure or volume. If a texture hits my sweet spot, I can comfortably listen to it for a long time, even even if its progression is monotonous. When it comes to my own acts of creation, there is a profound wish to create something I want to hear or see, rather than searching for something within harsh noise. So I am not at all trying to confine myself within the boundary of noise. Well, I try all sorts of new things, but in the end, the truth is it all turns into harsh noise. And <laughs> which maybe yeah, not right? something like a, re- a regular conduct. But yeah, this track, there are these. <laughs> truth, elect- it all turns into harsh noise. It, that's what it becomes. <laughs> and, and but I love that you're almost trying. You're taking these other ideas that you're attempting to create, but it always is going to come out your way and if with government alpha that means it's going to come out harsh noise and yeah those electric winds that are just blowing the sands of time on this one it's it's a it's a bit of a callback to link with the high tones but this time it gives you that those sandy electronic winds and immediately prior to listening to this i was watching videos of 
tornadoes and people in tornadoes. And it was so crazy hearing this. I was absolutely taken to those videos of tornadoes. I was thinking about them because we have a friend who who says that Mike and I always go into vor- vortexes, like put get into a vortices of weirdness and then everything around us happens a little strange like the other day our tire randomly I guess it's it's not random we hit something I don't know what it was but the whole side of the tire blew out and luckily they were run flat tires but you know the low tire pressure sign comes on we pull over and I look at it I'm like oh yeah there's a three inch chunk of our tire that came out so then we go to get the tire fixed and while we're at the stoplight waiting to turn to go into the tire place Mike was like, what is that? And we look straight ahead, and there's a giant geyser of water, I don't know, 10 feet in the air, right in front of Hollywood High School. Just it was crazy looking. Something had blown the entire hydrant off, and and then as we go across the street, all the fire engines come through, but didn't have their sirens on. No. We're like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah, we almost what got nailed. Yeah. What is this world? Um, so that, and then yep. we get home, so we get our tire, we... We go and have a fun adventure walking well, no, around. Well, no, I'm, I was going to say. Oh, yeah, the, go ahead. The, the strange vortex that we continued Took us into in, a great day. We ended up walking around because it was going to take time to Get a new tire, yeah. And we ended up stumbling upon the Hollywood Museum, a place that we had never been. Two friends of ours really enjoyed it. One friend in particular was really encouraging us to go because we said we were by that. And she was saying, you got to go, you got to go. You guys will love it. And it was this just back in time museum where they had everything from Marilyn Monroe, Lucille Ball, and all Vintage these actual, Max Factor, Art the, Deco design makeup. It's in the Max Factor building yeah. from the thirties, so it's a lot of makeup stuff, but then related to Hollywood. And there's this, this amazing. What, what was that? The calibration? Oh my god, the calibration machine or the beauty calibrator? It looks like something out of Hellraiser. It absolutely does. It's a Cenobite machine, and and, and explain it, what it what it what the so basically idea what it does it is you put it on a woman's head or face. I, it could be anybody's head or face, and you use it to see to detect asymmetry and different areas where one of your planes on your face may be flatter than the others, so they know where to shade. So. Like if you have one side of your forehead doesn't have the same dip in it that the other side does, then they will shade your makeup in that side to make you look flawless and symmetrical. It looks insane. It looks torturous. And these little needles are right next to your eyes, measuring the width of your eyes so that you apply your makeup with the same width. It's it's wild. Um, what, a, what a ride. I want to make a homemade one. That looks like fun. It's- I've, I've already concocted away. Absolutely. So the, there's this whole floor of old, you know, they have the actual ruby slippers from Wizard of Oz, Marilyn Monroe's sweater, all yeah. this stuff. It's so incredible. Then you go downstairs and there's an entire floor of horror it's stuff. It's a torture dungeon. They it's great. original stuff from Friday the 13th. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Elvira, Vampira. Yeah. Nightmare on, Elm Nightmare on Elm Street. It's incredible. Wolfman like, mask was phenomenal. For, or, or, you mean from of the howling. Howling, howling mask. Yeah. Howling. It's God. incredible. And then even down to they have Pee Wee's bike. <laughs> which total I mean the large Clarence. mark scene, total horror movie. That yeah, scene, right? Oh, that's claymation. You can't have you can't yeah, have but, large but yeah, they had, so we just ended up in this But it was so funny because we ate we were eating at Mel's diner. I was like, mm, I'm a little hungry. We're eating yeah. there. 
And then Mike was like, aren't we close to the Hollywood Museum? Yeah, We're so texting people about it. And the yeah, entrance friend, was like literally behind us connected to yeah. the place where we were eating. We're like, oh, we just present our receipts and walk right in. Okay. Yeah, our friend really encouraged us to go. We went. So we so had funny. this Then when we got home, day. so then we had this insane vortex day. Then we go to the museum. As we were wrapping it up in the museum, our tires are done. We go get our car, drive home. I turn the water on in the kitchen. What happens? The faucet blows off of their kitchen sink. Just Much pops right like off. the fire hydrant. <laughs> exactly. It like just blew right off. It's like, why are we? We're in a strangeness vortex right now. We it's are in just, a strangeness vortex. Then we I, go see Danzig. Exactly. And like, I, right next to the stage. And I think that that strangeness vortex is really in peak form with this listen of government alpha yes. erratic <laughs> you flip the tape over and now we're in a totally new vortex we have these low tones of muck that we haven't gotten yet yeah and we also have what i was taking as vocals oh this wasn't where I thought there were vocals. Absolutely. I think I those tortured vocals, vocals were on renewal. No, I think those tortured, oh. muffled vocals oh, during yes. those low tones. Oh I, oh, I thought it was a sample. Oh, I mean, obviously it could be, but he says that he uses vocals sometimes. Yes, I immediately went to Toolbox Killer, which has been, again, we're, we're in a toolbox zone right now. We really are, and just to let you know, patrons, our extra segment today, we started our recent listening with non-noise, and we're going to end our extra segment with related to noise, because true crime and noise are so connected. Yes. We wanted to talk about some great true crime documentaries we've been recently watching. So that's going to be the extra segment, <laughs> as Tara pointed out. But yes, having been in a toolbox zone, Bitteker and Norris. Yes. You were in a van in this track. Yeah, I, I was in a van driving around listening to the cassette that I made. Wow. Which is wow, so, wow. so very dark. Wow. So, so very well, dark. It also has that dental extraction vibe to it. Well, the, it's just that, that, tearing, that tearing noise, tearing paper, mm-hmm. tearing teeth. This, it, this just has this great strangeness that and really so, goes throughout the whole track. And it's so blown out. I yeah. mean, it is it is This one under, feels like a four track. It feels like a four track that was buried um because the cops were hot on your tail and then you had to dig it up and play it later. Yeah, absolutely. You really are in a Bitaker zone. Yeah, I really so went there. The Yeah that the palette of this one is something we haven't heard up to this point, but I like how side A and side B start very differently. Yeah, side B just starts with it. it ramps, it's very sinister. It, yes, it ramps it up in terms of danger, perceived danger, being ominous, being sinister. Like now, it feels like you're in physical danger from the sounds that are happening. Before, maybe it's cosmic, maybe it's weather related, maybe it's in the earth, but this this just seems like an actual violent human being. Well, I'm sure we quoted this in the previous episode, but I think it's fitting. It deserves a, another read. Absolutely. He says, Part of me was convinced that noise was truly made by sickos, and therefore I figured I could appeal to others by anonymously creating suspicious noise made by some suspicious organism. <laughs> and I think the track informer... 
is that suspicious noise, yes. right? It's suspicious noise. You're like, and I think. You're like, I don't trust this guy. I think irregular conduct has that as well. I think the yes. irregular conduct and informer are yes. suspicious noise. And he relates it to also hearing noise at a young age and just not knowing who these people are. And like how how many times did that happen, you know, before we knew what things were all about? Like even with Danzig, you know, given our age, we hear Danzig. You see mother when you're young. You think that those people are evil. Oh, you think they are absolutely. just absolutely the, the first time dark. I saw that. The first time I saw the How the Gods Kill video, what, Ugh. 13 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you were absolutely like, oh, this is... That's a bad guy. This yeah. is very dangerous yeah. music. And, yeah. you know, and it can just hit you at that impressionable time. And and he said that he wanted to recreate that feeling in the name Government Alpha as well. Having a suspicious, strange name where you don't really know what the purpose of that is. Also referential to his favorite film, Jean-Luc Godard's Alphaville. At the same time, government alpha, what is this institution? What is going on here? They're watching. They're watching like an irregular conduct. Maybe it's an informer. Maybe he's in the room with us, and he's going to inform us to the organization that is government alpha. Or maybe you just have persecution mania. Whoa. Screeching to destruction. We are back in pure, harsh noise land this is full tilt balls out extreme noise there's toxic water bubbling to the surface toxic chemicals bubbling to the surface and really you could just take a look at sodom's album persecution mania (laughs) take a look at the cover and it fits that's it this track perfectly it 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 truly truly does at it gets to that that chunky rolling blast that I love. It sounds and like the static and the oscillation become they're like boulders rolling down a mountain. It's a building crumbling apart, right? It's so yes. good. And by the end of this nearly six minute track, it's it's like somebody has the most giant piece of sheet metal and is just aggressively shaking it, and it's making that crazy quaking sound it's it again very very satisfying and and very much the cover of sodom's persecution mania is apt suspicious noise made by some suspicious organism (laughs) i mean that's sums it up and this is just pure government alpha noise this track especially what and again what a placement after informer it's a great ride that he takes us on. Well, next we're going to get blasted with a fire hose on room. Do you know what room is? Room is water that drips from your nose and eyes or a fluid, Ooh. some sort of well, fluid. Maybe that sort of fits because I also was in toolbox zone because to me, this was piercing my skull like an ice pick. This is so pierced. These squeals are. You get abused a little bit. It's great. Yes. I I enjoy the abuse. The acceleration. Like, Government Alpha can do that accelerated noise revving up. Yes. And and you truly feel like you're in in a muscle car and you're you're about to go. Or like you're in Smokey and the Bandit that we... The 
what is it, a firebird that we saw <laughs> at, at the Hollywood, Hollywood Museum. Museum? Yeah, I don't know if it's a fire. I can't remember what car it is. Well, apologies. It's some car, and there's a bird on it. <laughs> Immediately, I was also thinking that in room that Yasutoshi Yoshida was in the vortex with us. Probably, do you think he's in the vortex with us right now? I think he's definitely in the vortex with us now. And he even says he's completely absorbed in his own world when he's performing. So we just stepped into it in our own vortex. Maybe we're in a vortex in a vortex. I am so jealous of every single person who got to see him on the West Coast tour. With Endo. Oh, my God. Yes, in 98. And, of course, Gray got to see him with MSVR, as he's mentioned one of the one of the his so legendary cool. shows from the nineties. And unfortunately we didn't get to see those tours. No, and and I appreciate him discussing his first tour, how his equipment kept breaking down and how it really taught him on how taught him the lesson of how to keep going and to improvise and to work with it and just not stop. That's the way to do it. Because I mean that's part of the game though, like you're, how many shows have we been to where somebody's equipment doesn't work? It happens. It happens all the time, and you just have to power and plow through. I mean, I did shows in Europe where equipment didn't show up, and so we had to make oh, yeah. do. Yeah. You, and if you couldn't borrow something, you just had to make do with what you had. Or the amps didn't show up, so you got to play through PA or you got to run everyone through a mixer into the one amp that showed up. Or <laughs> you just have to make do. And noise artists excel at adapting to those situations of chaos from the nature of the sounds that they are creating. You're dealing in chaos sonically. You might have to deal in chaos Physically, with equipment, with yeah. the setup of the room, with the PA, with all the factors that go into playing. So if you're already in the chaos world, hey, just we can figure this out. My equipment's broke. This broke. This cable broke. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm, I'm the I'm pedal. Let's here. make something happen. Human pedal. Actually, Mike, I do remember you playing that dark party. I think you did a set in a bathtub during... A power outage where you were supposed to play. Absolutely. You have to just continue and push through. Especially when creating noise because you you could end up doing something that you didn't expect, but it exceeded your own expectations. Mm -hmm. And Government Alpha learned that lesson early on. Don't be deterred by the chaos. Enhance the chaos. Enhance the chaos. Exactly. And you will feel renewed. (laughs) Great segue. Thank you. Our last track here, Renewal. It's an SOS from another realm until the final explosion into pure government alpha harsh noise. I I love the warning beeps as the song begins. It's it's telling you like maybe you're not ready for this. Maybe you should back up. Maybe you should turn your stereo down a little, but actually don't. Because blammo quacks you right in the face. It absolutely <laughs> melts your face off. It it sounds like a deranged beast. 
and some sort of bleeding baby, not bleating, you know, bleeding like a sheep, like yelling, screaming. Um, oh boy, what this is where I was hearing vocals because I did feel like this maniacal beast was actually coming out of somebody's vocal cords. Well, he says when he records at home, he's focused on operating mm-hmm. his equipment without an audience in mind. So I end up only playing machines or you could say that because my playing is motivated by something different than what would stimulate me to use vocals, my work turns out strictly electronic, though that is not intentional. And ultimately, I only think of my voice as one tool among others. If it becomes necessary, I'll use it. So once in a while, he sees it as necessary. And I didn't don't know if I heard it on this. I definitely feel I heard him on Informer. Mm-hmm. I'll go with you. I assume they were samples on Informer. And maybe not. Maybe it's a sample here. Or maybe it's just that point of the the roaring, the feedback, the growing chaos that comes together and, and makes you perceive some sort of scream, some sort of yell, some uh, crying is what I was thinking. And it just moves into this bigger, bigger, swelling roar until it's like Leviathan has come to the surface of the water just so that you can hear what it has to scream. Oh, it's such a great way to end. And then things get pulled away and we now fall back on these piercing tones, almost cyclical, starting with Link and ending mm. with the tones here yeah, on Yeah, you renewal. get those oscillations again, the throbbing, the, the quickness. And... Everything starts to power down, power down, power down, but sharply power down. <laughs> not without pain. Not, yeah, it's not ease. Yeah. It's not easing down, but it is powering mm-hmm. down until just that final cut of the tape, and we are done, and we are out of the world of erratic, but it's a world that we are happy to visit anytime. What an amazing cassette. Absolutely. It is an incredibly important noise cassette not only for government alpha not only for japanese noise but for 90s noise overall Mm -hmm. the look of it the sound of it the feel of it the titles the art the tape itself it's the entire package for a 90s noise tape yeah this the titles are are simple but absolutely effective the sound that you get is so diverse and uses so many different approaches that it's it holds your attention. It does hold your attention. It does go so many places. The way the tracks are it laid out. It zips by. It it's com- a C46. It just flies by. Completely flies by. The way the tracks are laid out take you on this incredible ride. Each track affects the track after it. It affects the way you heard the track before it. And then you can just go back and continue the cyclical journey that this tape can put you on. Government Alpha, truly one of the greatest noise projects of all time. Absolutely. I want to get that Resurrection of Remembrance box. Yeah, with It's the his outtakes. early recordings. Yeah. It's from 92 to 99. Yeah, there's has some outtakes, tracks. outtakes, unreleased things, some things from this. Yeah, some tracks have been released, some haven't. But, I, but there's a great booklet with his liner notes that makes it all worthwhile. Wow. Government Alpha did it again. Sporadic Spectra, Erratic. 
Snakes and Ladders, one of oh, a great, I love it. great title. And that cover is amazing. Garden of Eternity. And you can pick up a lot of these on his Bandcamp, which, of course, we'll have a link to. This is on the Bandcamp, and so we'll have a link up to that. Attainable. So absolutely support Government Alpha directly. Send out good thoughts that maybe we get to have them on, on our shores someday in the future. Or, Tara, we're just going to have to go to Japan. What do you think? Oh, I would like to do that. Thank you. I am down for that. Well, thank you so much for t- going on this Government Alpha journey with myself and Tara. Thank you for joining us in our Chaos Vortex. We are in the Chaos Vortex. You never know. Be careful when operating appliances in the Chaos Vortex. Your faucet might fall off and water might spurt everywhere. You may run into a fire hydrant that's spurting everywhere. You might go to a venue and find out you aren't allowed to have purses and then have to cut a hole in the lining of your jacket and put all your stuff inside of your jacket to become your purse. Tara absolutely did do that last night. Or you may end up in a strange museum with strange artifacts. That you should have been to a million times and that you just didn't. Someday you may be able to walk into a museum with artifacts such as Government Alpha <gasps> Erratic and so many things that we talk about. What a, what a magical museum that will be. Well, patrons, we're going to go hop over on the Patreon, and we're going to talk about some recent true crime documentaries that we have been really into. So stick with us over there. Everyone else, we'll talk to you next week.